This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And a happy Canada Day edition to everybody out there on this, the Employment Hour. Hope you had a uh, good time last night. Apparently, from what we're hearing, everybody pretty much behaved themselves at Canada Place. And uh, the second largest celebration, I think, outside of the uh, the nation's capital. So well done last night, everybody back at it today. As are we on the uh, the Employment Hour. As always, we'd love to talk to you if you're around, just kind of hanging around home, taking it easy on this uh, this day off. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell phone. We talk about everything under the Employment Law banner, as you know. Phone lines are wide open. And we'll get to the severancepaycalculator.com, a fantastic tool for finding out what your severance uh, should be exactly. So we always start off with Leora uh, with the uh, the great part we like of the show, and that was the week that was some cases, some stuff that's been happening in your office and uh, on your desk over the last little while. What's going on, pal? Hey, thanks, Johnny, and, and happy Canada Day to everyone listening. Hopefully everyone is enjoying a, a safe and happy uh, long weekend. And But, you know, long weekend is going to be over, and we're going to be going back to work on uh, on Tuesday. And some people are going to have some issues. These things mm-hmm. do come up. You may have issues, questions, problems. You want to know what your rights are. You know, John, often the type of questions that I get start with the words, can my employer do X? Blank. So, you know, we are happy to answer those questions. Call us right now. We're here till 6 o'clock to answer those questions, and we'd love to talk to you. And, of course, call me at the office if you want to chat more in depth. Email me. I'm only here on the radio once a week, but uh, I practice law, employment law full-time, and always, always want to help people and talk to them, educate, inform, and help enforce uh, legal rights. And to get us started, John, here on the Employment Hour, let me start about uh, with a couple of uh, stories. Uh, first one is a story of a retail store. It's a retail, small retail store in a small town, but it's been around in business for a long time. Uh, had uh, a bunch of happy employees that have worked there for a long time and, you know, good relationship with the owner, good store, been a kind of a pillar of the community. But a few years ago, uh, or I should say two years ago now, uh, the business sold. The owner decided to retire and sold the business to someone else. Well, uh, things change once that happened. At least they change for the employees. The new owner all of a sudden decided that some of our employment laws don't apply to him. Hmm. So forget about getting paid for overtime. Forget about statutory holiday pay. Forget about hours of work. Uh, Forget about uh, proper notice to change shift. All those things kind of went out the window and the employer did whatever it wanted essentially. And as you can imagine, this created a very uncomfortable work environment, a poison work environment, and the employees were very unhappy. Well, one of these employees, who was the assistant store manager, decided to stand up for herself and the other employees and went to talk to the boss, to the owner. And she said, listen, we have these issues here, these concerns. You know, there's rights, there's laws. Uh, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you're not doing what you're supposed to, and, and we'd like for you to, to be mindful of those things. Well, what does the owner do then? John turns around and fires her on the spot. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And that's when she calls me. And she wants to, she's very upset. She says, I was trying to do something good. I was trying to stand up for myself and and the rights of others. And and he fired me. Can he do that? Well, John, the short answer is no, he cannot. We all have rights and and laws that apply to us in, in our workplace rights. And an employer cannot let us go if we're trying to enforce those rights, if we're asking about those rights, we're standing up for those rights. That's what we call a reprisal. 
If your employer lets you go because you're trying to enforce your legal rights in the workplace, that's illegal. An employer cannot do that. That's what this employer did. And of course, he let her go without severance. So not only is she owed severance, there's potentially other damages owed to her because of this reprisal. I'm going to be working with her over the next few weeks to get her the entitlements that she's owed. And in the process of doing that, all this employer's bad practices are going to come to light. The fact that overtime wasn't paid, statutory holidays, etc. So he's going to have to deal with a lot of issues. The message here for employers is very simple. You have to comply with your legal rights. No employer is above the law. Employers have obligations. And if you're going to run a business and have employees, you have to comply with employment laws. It's as simple as that. And of course, the message for employees is just as simple. You have rights. You should never be afraid to stand up for your rights and enforce those rights. If you have any questions, concerns, or problems, you give me a call. That's what I do. But never be afraid to stand up for your rights. The law is quite good and and, uh, quite extensive in protecting employees. John, and we've said this before, and it's an important reminder. Again, the phone line's wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9899 on cell, uh, 9898 rather on cell. What else you got going on? So second matter, uh, a lady called me. She worked for a large auto manufacturer. Uh, Unfortunately, a few months ago, her son was diagnosed with diabetes, a very young child, and she's a single mom. And because of uh, her, his medical condition, she was required to be home in a certain amount of time to give him medication and, and to, to care for him and interfered with her work because she had to work, a, uh, you know, she, her job was over an hour and a half away, so she couldn't always be on time. So she asked her employer for accommodation. Specifically, what she asked for is that she be relocated to another plant that's closer sure. to home. The employer said, absolutely not. She had contacted me, and I sent the company a letter. I said, you have an obligation to accommodate. This is what we call family status. She has childcare obligations. And, and guess what, John? They turned around as soon as they got my letter, and they relocated her. Smart. The message here, the lesson here, as everyone needs to understand, is when you have certain childcare obligations, if the only way you can meet those obligations is through accommodation by your employer then the employer has to provide that accommodation. They can't say, too bad, that's your problem. In this situation, that meant relocating her. She's very happy now. And some other parents may find that themselves in that situation. Maybe you have to leave work early to pick up your child from daycare. If that's the only way you can do that, by leaving early, your employer has to accommodate. So if, you, if your employer refuses to do that, you know what to do. You give me a call. You bet. 604-280-9898 is that number. We got uh, Rod on the line. Hey, Rod, how are you, pal? Hi. Hi What's uh, going on? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, uh, Leo, I've got a question. I, I work for a major transportation company, uh, Railway. Um, they, I'm, I'm on the management side. I was in the tools for a very long time. But uh, they're, they're asking uh, us management. Uh, we already give them, we're, we're working 12-hour shifts, uh, two on, uh, two off, two on three off, uh, and then uh, it flips around that you work the weekend. And now they, we're already giving them eight hours every pay period. Uh, now they're asking for additional 12. They want us to work four on, three off, uh, four on, three off, and continuous uh, right. schedule they want us to give us. is uh, In my contract uh, as a manager, because I'm non-union, there is no really language saying what hours that we're supposed to be working, uh, but yep. it's about 312 extra hours. It's about uh, $12,000 that, that that I would be working, but giving them for free. 
Um, is there any reprisal that I could have by asking about uh, changing it? Uh, there's one op option that I can go to a 40-hour schedule, but they didn't offer that to us on our department, but they did to another department. Right. So, Rod, let me let me give you the, the goods here and let me tell you what, what's going on. So, an employer does not have a right, your employer does not have a right to change the terms of your employment that way. When your contract doesn't say how many hours you work, we look at the actual facts on the ground. So, if you work a certain shift, your employer can't legally change it. They absolutely cannot. They don't have a right to do that. So, first of all, the first thing you can and should do is talk to them and see if you can come to with them to a, some sort of an arrangement that you can live with and they cannot penalize you. They absolutely cannot punish you for raising this issue, for wanting to talk about it and finding a, a solution. That said, if a solution cannot be found and they say, too bad, that's what we're doing, uh, it, it's our way or the highway, you don't have to accept it, which means you have a choice. You can choose to accept it and continue working with the new arrangement, or you can say, no, I am not going to do that, and I'm going to leave, treat my employment as being terminated, we call this a constructive dismissal, and then you leave with severance. Now, let me give you an idea how much severance you may be owed. How long have you worked there for, Rod? Well, this is the unfortunate part. I'm in 30 years, and I got less than five years to make my 85 points, uh, 55. Right. And, uh, right? and uh, so I, I, I kind of find a hesitant to leave uh, this job doing that. Um, that. That's where I'm at. I'm kind of like handcuffed uh uh, I, I am trying to negotiate a 40-hour uh, shift with the rest of the managers that are affected. So that's that's where I'm going for. It's a 40-hour so uh, work. You should know, Rod. Uh, I mean, I understand exactly the concern, but you would be owed as much as two years severance, two years pay here if okay. you were to be made to work the shift and, treat, and choose to leave instead of working it. It could be as much as two years pay here after 30 years. So you'd have to decide what's best for you. But what I can tell you is they can't legally make you. In other words, if they do, you do have the choice to leave with severance if that's what you decide to do. Okay. Uh, okay. That, I understand that. Um, but so I just have to negotiate with them, and that's probably where it's at. Um, uh, like for, for me, that's not acceptable to, to, to be away from my family another 312 right. hours a year. So yeah, I'm, it, it I'm won't be for me either. Me, yeah, I'd like to go to an 80-hour pay period, and uh, I would be okay with that. Uh, you know, even though that they kind of gave me a soft uh, threat to saying that they would put me on mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday off graveyard shift, which after 30 years is a bit of a slap in the face. Well, you know what to do then. If they do that, or if you can't yeah. come to terms with them, you give me a call. We may have to look at the constructive dismissal. Doing that would be better than working that graveyard shift, leaving with two years' pay. So good luck negotiating. Any questions, any issues, you give me a call. Rod, that number moving forward to have 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Good call. We'll take our first break. Get right back into it. Lines are open. You have a concern, a question for Lior, bring it on. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on The Employment Hour continues right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to the Employment Hour. The number is 604-280-9898. Lines are wide open or star 9898 on cell. And uh, we'd love to have you call through. You got an opinion? You have a question about your employment? It's uh, 521. Lots of time to uh, 
to call in and join us. Let's talk about, uh, very shortly, we're going to talk about independent contractors because this one is massive in your office, always comes up. But as promised off the top, I want to touch on the severance pay calculator first. So what's going on with that? Hey, John. So for those not uh, familiar with our show, listening for the first time, Mm -hmm. you have to understand, you have to know about the severance calculator. If you lost your job or you're worried about losing your job, you need to know how much severance you're owed. So I created a tool that allows anyone anywhere to find out exactly how much they're owed if they lost your job. So very simple. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, it's severancepaycalculator.com. And you input three pieces of information, your age, your position, and the length of your employment. It takes seconds to do, and it's done. That's it. Once you've done that, it tells you how many months severance you're owed, whether it's one month, 24 months, or anything in between. It's an effective tool. It's the first place you should go to if you're worried about losing your job or if you're walking out of that meeting from uh, with HR with that severance letter in hand. You go to severancepaycalculator.com because I promise you, in that severance letter, you're going to see that what they've offered you is not even close to being adequate. Over 90% of people are offered a lot less than what they're owed. People accept tens of thousands of dollars less than what they're owed because they don't know any better. Well, you guys that are listening to us now do know better. So go to severancepaycalculator.com. Make it the first place you go to. Tell others about it. Don't accept less than your own. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell lines rope. You want to call in tonight as we get into our discussion talking about independent contractors. A lot of people out there, a lot of folks been working like this for years, calling themselves an independent contractor when they are really really by the law employees so let's discuss that what an individual con should do you know in reality become and be known as an independent contractor first one uh had to be operating a business let's start there yeah john and, and this is a huge topic i promise you right now there are hundreds of people listening to us right now that believe they're independent contractors or or, or think that they are and they're yep. not really in the eyes of the law they are employees And remember the rule. The rule is that it doesn't matter what you call yourself or what someone else calls you. What matters only is the reality on the ground. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee. It doesn't matter if you think you're an independent contractor. So that's a very, very important thing. So how do we distinguish between an employee and an independent contractor? Well, there's a bunch of factors. And what we're going to list is some of the things that have to happen in order for you really to be an independent contractor. And the first one, as you said, you have to be operating a business. An independent contractor operates a business. They're in business for themselves. So an example is the plumber. If you're calling a plumber to fix your uh, leaky sink, well, guess what? That plumber's operating a plumbing business. He's an independent contractor. He's not your employee. So if you're an independent contractor, you have to be operating a business. You have to have a real business with expenses and, and balance sheets, etc. You can't just be going to work every day. If you go to work every day, John, guess what? You're an employee. 604-280-98 or star 9898 on cell. We'll get a call in between uh, as we go down our list here. Hey, Jack, good evening. How are you? Yes, good evening. I have a simple question. I'll ask it and then I'll, I'll hang up if that's okay. Sure. Okay, I'm, I was a cashier for a large uh, supermarket, and they put a lot of pressure on the cashiers to sell the credit card. Is this legal, and, and can they put pressure on you to sell it? Okay, goodbye. Thanks, Jack. Okay. Thanks, Jack. So at the end of the day, uh, it depends what you mean by pressure. If they're encouraging you to, to sell something or upsell something, yeah, that's not illegal. That's nothing wrong with that. 
Now, if they start penalizing you uh, because you're you're uh, not doing a good job, or, or if, they're, if they're penalizing you because you're not selling enough, no, that's not something they can do. There's nothing wrong with encouraging an upsell. You you, you see, oftentimes when you're at a store, you say, you know, would you like to add this? Or right. we can also add that one for an extra five dollars. So yes, you can do that. That's fine, but you can't be penalized. You can't be fired for. Uh, uh, not doing a good enough job uh, in, in that respect. So it really does depend on what pressure is. That said, of course, if if they're you know threatening you, I'm not gonna you're not gonna get paid unless you do this. It goes overboard. That pressure becomes illegal. So it really comes down to the level of pressure. If you do think that their level of pressure uh, here, Jack, is is uh, beyond uh, what's appropriate, give me a call. That could be considered a constructive dismissal, which may mean you can leave with severance. So really comes down to the level of pressure. Working through our list of things you need to know if you really are an independent contractor. Next one, that list, Lior, is work under a fixed duration agreement subject to renewal. How about that? A lot of language there. Yeah. So what does that mean, John? If you're an independent uh, contractor, you can't really be working indefinitely. If you're working for a company indefinitely, guess what? You are an employee. An independent contractor works on a fixed term. So I'm going to come work for you for a a day, a week, a month, whatever it is, a fixed term. Now we can agree to renew it if certain things happen. But generally speaking, in order to be an independent contractor, you can't be working indefinitely. How many times have I seen, and we've even spoken on the show with people that, uh, you know, go to work every day, have been doing it for years and years, uh, and they've been called independent contractors. And they think that they are because they don't pay uh, because they pay their own taxes, because the employer right. doesn't withhold taxes. That doesn't matter. None of that matters. So if you're an independent contractor and you want to have a, a fixed-term contract, you can agree to renewals. If you're working indefinitely, you're almost always going to be considered an employee, John, with very few exceptions. We've had calls on this show with people 20, 25 years saying, oh, I'm an independent contractor, and they carry on talking. Meanwhile, that's the point where you got to say, hold on, you're not an independent contractor after two and a half decades. No chance, and I've seen that. I've seen someone let go after 25 years, uh, and after working full time, and didn't get any severance. Why? Hmm. Because this whole time they were treated as if they were an independent right. contractor. But of course, John, that's not the case. The law decides what you are. You can't decide that for yourself. Uh, if it was that easy, everyone could be an independent sure, contractor. No one would would have to be an employee, exactly. So the law decides that, so you, you have to be operating a business, you have to have a fixed term, a fixed duration rather than an indefinite one. Those are a couple of the factors we'll talk about more that make you an independent contractor. More of those coming up in your phone calls as well. Open line 604-280-9898 and star 9898 on cell as well. You need to get a hold of Lior after the show is over anytime. His office, 604-283-3123 and Vancouver Employment Lawyers. .ca. Lots more of the show coming up. It's the Employment uh, employment Hour, pardon me, on News Talk 980 CKNW. And back at uh, 533 here, the employment uh, lawyer is in town. You're ready to go answering questions. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We are talking about uh, things you need to know if you're truly an independent contractor. But first, we would love to talk to Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. Um, I have a question for my girlfriend. She just uh, retired. She used to do home health care nurse for five years, and all they gave her was two weeks pay and a thank you note. Is she entitled to anything more? 
Okay, well, Lucy, did she retire or did they let her go? No, she retired. So it was her decision, no pressure. She simply decided that it's time for her to retire. Right. She turned 65, so she figures, that, you know, she wanted her retirement, start her retirement. Okay. So if she's decided to retire, obviously that's completely her right, then she's not owed severance. Severance oh, is owed see. when the company decides to, to part ways. So when the company makes the decision, they have to pay severance, and they would probably then have to pay her somewhere between six to eight months pay, you know, if she's 65 and been there for five years. But if she's the one making the decision to leave because she's 65, she wants to retire, then no, they don't owe her severance. They can simply, uh, uh, you know, give her a thank you, and, and, and uh, that'll, that'll be it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Lucy. I appreciate you, Lucy. that. The interesting call. People will wonder that sometimes. You know, they get confused with severance, whether you have to let them go or they let you go. It's it's a good question, actually. Yeah, and and the reason why severance is paid, just so you, so you know, and and our listeners right. know, severance is something that the company has to pay to help someone while they're looking for another job, while they don't have income, to bridge them between job A right. and job B. So if obviously, if you're not going to have a job B because you've retired. Well, then there's no severance owed, or or you're not looking for work, then severance may not have to be paid. So severance is paid when a company decides to let the person go for whatever reason. It could be a restructuring, cost-cutting. It could be many, many reasons uh, while the person is looking for another job. It's not a punishment to the company for letting the person go. It's simply to help the person find another job, bridge the gap between when they left the job to when they have uh, or to when they find a new job. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking about the bullet points that make sure and define whether you are an independent contractor or not. The next one on the list is having flexible work hours. Yeah, and that's one of the big things that differentiates an employee from an independent contractor. Uh, an employee doesn't have flexible work hours for the most part, or at the very least, the employer is the one that decides when the employee is going to work. We were talking with a caller earlier on the show when he was working a certain shift and his employer wants to change the shift, well, the employer ultimately decides when you're going to work. On the other hand, an independent contractor has as much say in, in terms of when the independent contractor is going to work. So the independent contractor is going to be deciding, am I going to do the job in the morning, in the afternoon? There's going to be some flexibility there, and the type of flexibility that an employee doesn't have. So if you're working somewhere, somewhere and the company makes up your schedule for you, you're very likely to be considered an employee. doesn't matter what you call yourself. On the other hand, if you make your own schedule and you decide when you're going to work, you're more likely to be considered an independent contractor. So, again, I've seen many situations. Someone goes to work 9 to 5, and it's 9 to 5 because that's the company's regular schedule. Well, guess what? If you're working 9 to 5, and that's just your fixed schedule uh, that the company decided, whether it's 9 to 5, 10 to 4, whatever it is, you're an employee, you're not an independent contractor, because an independent contractor has flexibility. And how about full-time hours as well? Unless it's temporary, of course. Yeah, and usually an independent contractor doesn't work full-time. Again, let's go back to my plumber example. Your plumber doesn't work for you full-time. On the other hand, you may have a big plumbing problem, and he may need to work full-time for a few days to fix it. Right. He may need to work three days in a row. That's fine. He's getting a job done. But he's not going to be working for you full-time for the next six months. Uh, so that's the same thing that happens with any independent contractor. If you're working full-time hours, okay, then you're not an independent contractor. Uh, if you're working, at least if you're working full-time hours for the same company. Now, if you're working full-time hours among several companies, yeah, you may well be considered to be an independent contractor. 
But full-time hours almost always does not equal independent contractor. It equals employee. 604-280-9898 is the number to call in tonight. Got a lot of lines open. You want to chat? We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about the points that uh, solidify the fact that you are an independent contractor, having flexible uh, flexibility at least as to where work is done as well. Yep. And and with, when are we talking about an employee? Well, what does an employee do? An employee doesn't decide, hey, today I feel like working from home, or I'm going to work from the office, or I'm going to work uh, from the cottage. Right? A- an independent contractor, on the other hand, can do that. An employee has to follow the employer's direction. An employee has to follow the employer's policies and, and, and schedules and everything the employer has, uh, says. On the other hand, an independent contractor, as I said before, has flexibility. That flexibility extends to where the work is going to be done. Am I going to work from the company's offices? Am I going to work from home? Am I going to do a combination? That type of flexibility is one of the key factors in making someone an independent contractor. Employee, always very limited flexibility, almost always. An independent contractor, almost unlimited flexibility. If you don't have flexibility, if you have to do what the company says, when the company says, in the way that the company says, you are an employee. And one thing I want to point out, John, these uh, bullet points that we are talking about, these factors, none of them are determinative. So the fact that you may be an independent contractor in one column, but on the other column, there's other points that make you an employee, well, you may still be an employee. We have to look at all these things together to decide whether someone is an employee or an independent contractor. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. Got Colin online. Good evening, Colin. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, Good. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, I'm calling on behalf of my father-in-law. Um, he was semi-retired, and uh, he took a job working for a, uh, a small security company. Um, and by small, I mean he was the only other employee other than the owner. Um, when he started working for this company, they made him sign a contract, um, and uh, basically the contract stated that uh, you know he was to work X number of hours a day, uh, X number of hours per week, um, and then he was just getting paid like a fixed amount of money every week, and it was, it was uh, like something like. Five fifty or six hundred dollars every week, and that was where it capped off. Um, now the hours they had him working were always more than forty hours a week, and I had mentioned to him, "Well, you know, they can't do that with a fixed income, right? You know, they they need to. It's all right for them to do that, but they they need to pay you your overtime as it's due." And he said, "Well, no, they stipulated right in the contract that he signed that the company will not be paying overtime because he's considered a contract employee." Right, and, right. You know, so, uh, is he still working there, Colin? No, he actually ended up quitting because they started changing his hours and changing his routines. And uh, you know, part of the the whole agreement with the company was that you know he he was an older person, he had problems with his knees and, and hips and stuff. So he he kind of told them, "I can't do certain things," mm-hmm. and they started making him do those certain things, uh, lots of walking and that type of thing. So he ended up having to quit because of his health. Um, so I'm just wondering... How long like, did you work there for, Colin? Oh, geez, I, I bet it was probably two years, possibly three. Okay. And he never... Colin, let me give you some information here. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some information. First of all, uh, this is a, a very timely call because this is the topic we're talking about. 
in the eyes of the law, there's no question in my mind that he was considered an employee. employee. If he worked for them essentially full-time hours, even more than full-time hours for a couple of years, uh, yeah, there's no question he is an employee. So I understand that he was treated on paper as in a contractor. He was not. So that's issue number one. But the reason why that's relevant is what you've told me is that they changed his shifts. They, they all of a sudden, they weren't accommodating him. If they changed his shifts, that could be what we call a constructive dismissal. Uh, I mentioned that earlier in the show. So if he's leaving, if he left the job because he, he they changed the, the deal on him, they changed the shift, that's as if the company terminated his employment. So that means he's owed severance. Now, if he's an older guy, he's worked for the company for a couple of years, let's say, he could be owed as much as six months pay, all right? Six months pay. Now, there's potentially a third issue here, is if he has uh, medical limitations, physical limitations, and they're not accommodating those, that could also be a human rights issue. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about here, but certainly he's owed severance to me at the very least. So Colin, what I want him to do, you've, you've taken this first step and you've called the show, but I want you to get him to give me a call in the office. Let me talk to him. Let me find out some more information. And if he's owed this compensation, if he's owed this severance, which I'm telling you that he is, let's get it for him, right? If he's, that's money that the law says he should have, then let's make sure he gets it. So have him give me a call at the office this week. Let me talk to him and let me try to help him. Okay, would you be able to uh, give me that the number, please? Yeah, I'll give it to you right now, Colin. It's uh, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. And anytime you want to go online as well, Vancouver, employmentlawyers.ca is the website. How timely is that call? Yeah, and this is exactly the type of situation that I see every day, John. Exactly this situation. Someone's working for a company for a while. Uh, you know, he's working more than 40 hours a week, and he's worked two or three years, uh, uh, according to Colin. Well, guess what? He can't work for a company for two to three years, full-time hours exclusively for them, and be an independent contractor. It's just not going to happen. So that means that all the employment laws that we always talk about on this show apply to him because he's an employee, such as constructive dismissal. They change his shift. They fail to accommodate him. Well, that means he has entitlements. He may not have had those entitlements if he really was an independent contractor. But because he isn't, because he's an employee, he's owed compensation. Can you imagine now if he's owed another six months pay? Exactly. That's huge. And a lot of people, so many times, I bet you right now people are listening to us saying, oh my gosh, I wish I knew about that three years ago when a company let me go because I really wasn't an, uh, an independent contractor. If you're that, in that situation, if something's happened to you, if you're not sure if you're an employee or an independent contractor, Give me a call, just like Colin did. Let's talk about that. Let's make sure that I can help you if I can. Again, that number to call in now is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. We're going through the points again that qualify you as an independent contractor like Colin's dad. Another one, be responsible for all expenses. Yes, and this ties into what I said initially, that an independent contractor runs their own business. Yeah. Well, if you've ever run your own business, you know that you have expenses, and you have to manage those expenses. In fact, the only way a business can be successful, can be profitable, is if you manage your expenses to the point that, that the revenues are higher than the expenses. So if you're an independent contractor, but someone else pays your expenses, you're not incurring any costs, well, you're probably not an independent contractor. An independent contractor pays their own expenses, whether it's, it's, uh, it's gas or overhead or equipment, materials, etc. 
independent contractor incurs those expenses. Uh, on the other hand, if the company pays that, so if, you, you know, if the company pays for anything that you, you uh, have to pay out, the company reimburses you for it, you're very likely to be considered uh, an employee. All right, so very important to understand. You have to have this chance of profit or risk of loss as an independent contractor. And if someone else pays you for all your expenses, you don't have any expenses, then you're not operating a business. You don't have a risk of loss. Therefore, you are an employee. It's really coming down, come, comes down, John, to this initial point that we made. Are you running a business right. or are you working for someone else? An employee doesn't, work, uh, doesn't run a business or work for someone else. And here's another rule. If you're listening to us right now and you're not sure if you're an independent contractor or an employee, I'm telling you you're an employee. Yeah. Because an independent contractor, a real, true independent contractor, knows he or she is an independent contractor. There's no doubt there. Again, plumber. The plumber doesn't wake up at night thinking, am I uh, Lior's employee or independent contractor because I fixed Lior's sink, right? No, that's not a concern. The independent contractor or the, or the plumber knows. So if you're in doubt, you're probably an employee. And if you're in doubt, call 604-280-9898 or star 989-9898 on sell. you got some time here. 546, we'll take a short break. By the way, I know people ask for it throughout the show. Your number, Lee Orwin, show is over 604-283-3123. Back after a short break, this is the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. Yeah. And back here, still time for you to call in 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sale. You need to call email Lior, simple, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, and you can get a hold of him when the uh, the show is over, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca. On the web as well, we're talking about our uh, topic this evening in between your phone calls as they come in, and that is what applies, what makes you an independent contractor. Next point on that list, a lengthy list, continue looking for other clients. Yeah, and because this ties into what we said before. If you're operating a business, well, how do you operate a business? You, you have to have clients. And, you know, uh, unless you're very fortunate, clients don't just fall in your lap. You have to hmm. actually actively be looking for clients. So one of the uh, signs when we're looking at independent contractors, are you really out there looking and trying to get clients? And, and if you're working for a company exclusively full-time, well, you're probably not trying to get clients. There's only so many hours in a day, uh, and you're not going to be doing that. So an independent contractor, because he or she is operating a business, is actively trying to get more clients, is actively trying to find other people's to, uh, or people or companies to do work for. So if you're not doing that, if you're content to work for the same company, you're not an independent contractor. You are an employee. Uh, and uh, again, looking for other clients, working for other clients, that's a mark of an independent contractor. Anything else is an employee. We're talking about the points that make you an independent contractor. You don't have business cards with someone else's name on it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I always laugh at that. Yeah. You know, if you work for a company and you have a, a business card that says, you know, XYZ, XYZ Inc., because that's a company you work for, well, guess what? Then you're an employee of XYZ Inc., if, yeah. if, on the other hand, your, your card say, uh, you know, John Scholes uh, Inc., then okay, that's more likely that you really are operating a business. So, you know, if you have a, a company phone uh, and a voicemail and you have company business cards, then you're a company man, you're a company employee, you're not in business for yourself. So, again, am I in business for myself or do I work for someone else? 
Right? That's always, always the question. If someone hires me as their lawyer, I'm not that person's employee. I'm an independent contractor. Right. I, I help the person with a particular task. When the task is done, I shake their hand and I move on. Right? Uh, I'm not their employee. And I actively look for clients. I operate a business. That's what I do. And that's what an independent contractor does. On the other hand, the people that work for me in my office, you know, my, my legal assistant, she's an employee. She works for me exclusively. She works for me full time. She is an employee. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if myself, when I work for someone else, I'm an independent contractor. So think about it in those terms when you're trying to figure out if you're an employee or an independent contractor. Still got some time to call in if you'd like, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell as well. Got a couple more uh, bullet points. So it's the last big one, and clarify this one. Don't be doing the same job as employees of the company. So it's very simple. If the company has uh, three people doing one job and their employee employees and you're the fourth person doing the same job as them, guess what? You're an employee just like them. If you're doing the same job as other employees, then you are an employee. It's that simple. You can't be an independent contractor doing the same job as employees. On the other hand, if your job is very different, your job is is unique, yeah, there's more of a chance you're an independent contractor. So remember, do the same job as an employee, you're an employee. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email, by the way, anytime during or after the show. You want to send Lior an email, you can do so. We'll get to a couple of years, a couple of these as we wind down last few minutes here. Henry writes in, says, I received a few warnings over the last three years. With respect to my work performance, how many warnings does my employer have to provide before he can let me go for cause? You know, it's a very good question. It's a question that's not always uh, easy to answer. And here's what I mean by that. It really does depend on what you've done. You know, the, the more serious the offense, if you will, I'm going to use the word offense, then the less warnings they have to give you. You know, if you've done something really bad, potentially one warning is all you need. On the other hand, if it's one of those things, they're just not happy with your performance, but it's nothing horrible, nothing bad, you're doing your best, then yeah, more warnings are going to be appropriate. Generally, and as a very general rule of thumb, I'm going to say that three warnings are going to be required before a company is in a position to consider a termination for cause. So usually we want to see three disciplinary measures, three warnings. After three warnings, if the person's still doing what supposedly they're doing wrong, maybe, maybe, not always, maybe then you can terminate for cause. Remember, John and our listeners, to let someone go for cause, in other words, without severance, is very difficult. It's a very high standard. The person would have had to do something horrible, something terrible that makes it impossible to continue employing them. In my experience, the vast majority of employers that terminate for cause do that well before they should. They pull the trigger too soon, which means that makes it a wrongful dismissal. So you may have done something wrong. Maybe you've even done a few things wrong. That doesn't necessarily mean they can let you go for cause. Causes the worst penalty for the worst uh, for the worst offenders. Uh, so so many times the fact that uh, people uh, did something wrong, they assume that they can be let go for cause. That's wrong. We would want to see, as a general rule, about three warnings before cause can be contemplated. We'll get another one from Fern here. Email is Lior at employmenthour.com. Says I was promised a promotion last year. This year I didn't get it. I was given uh, it was given to someone else, and I was let go as well. Is this discrimination? So, you know, good good question uh, for, for calling here, but here's where it would be discrimination. Discrimination is when you're mistreated or you're treated differently for a specific reason, what we call a prohibited ground. So 
If Colin didn't get a, a, his promotion or he was let go because of his race or ethnicity or medical condition or sexual orientation, that's discrimination. That's a human rights issue. That's completely illegal. An employer cannot do that. On the other hand, if he was not given a promotion or he was let go because the company liked someone else better or the company was unreasonable, that's not discrimination. The company is not acting illegally there. But remember, the fact that he was let go means he's owed severance. And even without knowing any particulars, I can say that the chances of him getting uh, a proper severance is small because most people don't get proper severance. So I want him to give me a call off air. Let's talk about the amount of severance. And if there is a reason to think that he was discriminated against, that he was not given a promotion because of, a, of his, let's say, his race, well, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation, and we can right. pursue that and try to get him compensation for it. But we would need more information. But at the very least, we should be able to deal with the severance. A good uh, another one. Good this uh, another good show rather this week, my friend. We'll uh, we'll take it from here. A couple of contact points you should know moving forward to get hold of Lior in the office. It is six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. The email use it Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. If you haven't checked out this tool, you should. It's called the Severance Pay Calculator. Find out exactly, precisely the amount of severance you should be getting if you let go. That can be found on your tablet, on your desktop, or whatever, severancepaycalculator.com. And the email, or pardon me, the, the website, anytime to get a hold of. Now the show is over till next week, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca. Until next time, this has been the Employment, uh, employment Hour. Pardon me. I know the name of the show. We've been doing it for like five years. <laughs> News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.